0: Hello and welcome to Degeneer Presents, Degeneer Commitment-Based Management. On today's episode, Gus and Joe tackle our second interaction principle, Be Authentic. The guys walk us through what it means to be authentic inside a professional and personal setting and differentiate between filters and omission. So here we go. Joe and Gus on Digineer Presents.
1: Hey there, this is Joe. This is Gus Broman and we're back for episode three for commitment-based management with Digineer Presents. So this week we're going to talk about the second interaction principle, be
0: authentic. Have you ever been in a situation where it feels like Somebody is holding back stuff in the office or in life in general. How does that work for you? That is a great question because I feel like that all the time.
1: And the question that I say to the person, because I feel like they're poking around a haystack looking for a needle, but they don't want me to know that they're looking for a needle. So the question that I always ask is, hey, what's your question behind the question? What is it that you want to understand? Because I I never quite understand. I'm like, just tell me it straight up. And I love this, the interaction principle about be authentic. Because at first blush, you think it's pretty easy. Like, it's just be authentic and be honest. But it's actually way more than just being honest. Wouldn't you
0: say, Joe? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, a full disclosure. It is being true, being honest. But if there's, you know, if there's anything that is on your mind, that could potentially get in the way performance, or or the team dynamic, or your household dynamic. Potentially, it needs to come out. So what does that really mean? So let let's say
1: you and I are on a project, which we've been on many times. So you're on a project, you're in a team meeting, how could withholding information by not being authentic, be a detriment to the group.
0: Well, you know, Gus, let's say that you're my... Uh, I report to you. Okay. And uh, and let's say that for whatever reason, I, I'm concerned that if I say, you know, one of my concerns that you're somehow going to find me in disfavor or you're going to be upset with what I'm saying. Okay. But in reality, then, I'm holding back a concern which could, you know, potentially be addressed and could potentially turn things around and, and make things go a better way, right? Right. And the problem is, is that my fear of communicating with you could potentially say, oh, I can't say this because it's not appropriate and therefore I won't.
1: Right. It brings me back to my childhood where my mother would tell me, okay, always tell the truth. And then my my sister taught me how I could tell the truth, but then still deceit. So I remember one time we live, grew up on a lake, and all of the neighborhood kids were outside swimming, playing on the raft. And my mom insisted, even though I was in third grade, I had to go in and take a nap in the middle of the day. Because obviously you drowned if you eat, and then you swim right after that, right? 30 minutes, so I had to take a 30-minute nap. So we were upstairs, and we're taking a nap. I was like, okay, we have to go to sleep, because Mom said. And my sister goes, no, we don't, because Mom will come up, and she'll say, did you sleep? And we'll say yes. And I'm like, I don't think I can fall asleep. Did you sleep last night? And I was like, yeah. Well, then you slept. Unless Mom says... Have you slept in the last 30 minutes? It's not lying. But yet at the same time, it's 100% deception because my mom's intent was, did you sleep while you're taking a nap? So I think about being authentic and it's not only telling the full truth, but it's practicing full disclosure. So the, the example I'm thinking of, if, if we're in a group meeting and if we're on schedule and we're on task and everything is meeting the deadlines, and I'm the project manager, and say you're the data architect, and all of a sudden you know a risk that's highly likely going to come up within the next week. If you sit there and don't share that with the team, that's not practicing full disclosure, and that's, that's not being authentic, and that's where it gets dangerous.
0: There's a reason that data architect is on the project, right? And his knowledge and his thought, or my knowledge, my thought, is, is crucial in, in order to uh, mitigate the, uh, the risks or uh, handle what may come our way, right? But you have to be able to be authentic, and you have to feel free to be authentic. You have to have that within you to be able to say, well, and this goes back to trust, but I trust Gus, and therefore, I, I will be, you know, authentic. I will practice full disclosure. Right. I was at a client one time,
1: and uh, we had a milestone, and the milestone was to write the project plan. And the project plan wasn't done, because he didn't know what the milestone dates were, yet the project was green. And it was already supposed to be, the milestone was last week. And I said, well, how come our status says that we're in the green status? He goes, well, because, you know, we don't need to raise any alarms. I was like, well, we missed the deadline. And so by definition, if we missed a deadline, we should be red. He goes, if I turn it red, I'm going to have a lot of questions. And upper management is going to like ask me a bunch of questions and then it'll take a lot more work. And I was like, but that's what we need. We need resources to get on this project. So we need to turn. And I just thought of that and I thought, Man, in the commitment based management realm, being authentic is saying where you're at on the status and communicating to others so they know. Because guess what? You don't go from red to green without extra resources. I, I still I I still laugh at that example, even though it was
0: it was very painful. So here here's where my head goes, right? Let's mangle this a couple of different ways. All right. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Is it appropriate, or is it really being authentic, if I say to you something to the effect of, I don't like the message on your coffee cup? Um... No. That's not what we're talking about here, right? No, it doesn't. We need filters, right? This does not mean lose all your filters, because if everybody lost their filters, I think there's a movie about this where a fellow lost his filter and he got on the elevator and he said some horribly inappropriate thing to to somebody on the elevator with him. And um, that's not what we're talking about here, isn't it? No, not at all. Nope,
1: nope. I think it was Liar Liar. It's either Liar Liar or Yes Man. Jim Carrey, nonetheless. Right. But yeah, you're right. It isn't taking up people's time and saying everything that you think about everyone because you're not withholding anything. This is related to the project work, the work that's before us. So yeah. So I was thinking about the bullet point where it talks about, I will have no privately held negative assessments. Sure. You know, and you and I have done commitment-based management training before. And what does that really mean to you? I will have no privately held negative assessments. So does that mean if I have an assessment that's negative to you, I should tell everyone? <laughs>
0: well, no, 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 no. Hey, everybody, let me tell you about Josie. What is your internal truth of the situation or the project that you're on, right? Or okay. or, the, or your situation at home. And and again, let's set aside the filter thing because you know that okay. that is important. But what this means to me is if I assess that this is our situation, which is negative, okay? You know, it could be a risk. It could be a, uh, uh, you know, something that we're gonna encounter down the line. I need to speak it and I, and I need to work this out with you. Otherwise I'm withholding and and I'm not practicing the authentic. Okay. So is is this negative assessment
1: a, a character thought? Is it a competency thought? Like. Help me out on what negative assessment. Well, give me an example what that would look like. What are you going for here? <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out what the heck is a negative assessment if, it, if it's just like, oh, I, I think Joe isn't very good at doing this. Do I need to tell everybody? Or is the negative or is the negative assessment just like uh, he's not going to mean his commitments?
0: Yeah, so you're mixing it up with um, reliability, competency, and, and sincerity. Okay, so if my negative assessment is is what I will
1: private, I will have no privately held negative assessment. What's an example of a privately held
0: negative assessment? That this project is going to go off the rails. Okay, okay. It's usually not around an individual. Um, I mean, it can be. Okay, it right. can be that we have somebody on our team, and I want to say to you that I don't think that so-and-so is performing, right? Later on, we're going to talk about grit, which is mm-hmm. gossip, rumor, innuendo, and triangulation. And and there will be a framework so that it doesn't come off like I'm coming to you to talk about Gus, or I mean, Stuart, for instance. And So as we think about a negative assessment,
1: I will have no private negative assessment. So if I'm in a project team, and there's five of us, and we have a guy named Stu, who's our project manager, and I know my work stream is gonna be behind. For me not to share that, that's holding that's withholding information number one or
0: number two. Is it withholding a, a negative assessment? So it's 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 an assessment and it's not gossip, it's not rumor, it's not innuendo, and it's not triangulation. So if, if you don't say something about Stu's performance, then yes, you are withholding a negative assessment. And, and therefore, you will be not practicing Be Authentic. And you need to be authentic. The other thing
1: that I remember most on Be Authentic is I'll go to the source. And, and that's what I appreciate. And we'll get into that more next episode, episode four with No Room for Grit. But I just appreciate going to the source and if I have a question and if I need to kind of talk through this this filter thing or practising full disclosure, you know, you need to go to the source and say, Hey, I'm I, I didn't want to take up the, the whole time of the group. I need to go to you directly and, and and work through this. So that's always been helpful for me to be to remember to actually go to that source. So
0: And let's say that I'm the one who's got the negative assessment that I am being authentic with you for I'm I'm mm-hmm. conversing with you about an, an example Stuart mm-hmm. and, and Stuart's a great guy but let's just use him as an example mm-hmm. but if I come to you around Stuart and, and I say to you well I think he's really doing uh, poorly in this way right yeah. you you spoken with me I am the original source but then you need to talk to Stuart to figure out what's really going on right All right, right. Right, right.
1: You know, I, I love it, you know, kind of remembering if, if there's any doubt whether I should communicate something to you or to the group, then I should. If I have that inkling, then I probably should share it. Yeah, we had a rule. I hate rules. Rules are like encumbering. They're troublesome. I go to the YMCA. They have more rules printed on signs than any place I've ever seen in my life. And growing up with three boys, I hated going through all the stuff. So we had one rule. Do the right thing. Oh, that's a good rule. Yeah. You only need one. And I'm not that smart. I can't remember a huge list. I can remember a rule. Do the right thing. Because guess what? We're created and hardwired to actually know what the right thing to do is. So if that little voice says in that project meeting, hey, you should probably bring up this topic, that's when you need to share it and be authentic and not withhold that information. Do the right thing and share it. I totally agree. We actually printed that sign in our house and put it on our garage, on the door of the garage.
0: Do the right thing. Only one rule. And again, you got to have a filter, right? We yeah. have professionalism. Yep. professionalism. I'm not going to talk about the color of your shirt. Yeah. I, I'm not going to like it if, or I'm not going to tell you if the, uh, you know, well, actually, I probably will tell you if you're wearing a Chelsea. Uh, yeah, you know, no, height. You know, I
1: would deserve that verbal spanking, and I would take that. I would, I would take that. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because I, I think of the complete antithesis of being authentic. There was a time where, as a product manager at a legal publishing firm, there were three of us that were the, the product managers, and my office was on the way out of the uh, out of the hall. And there was one night that I. Uh, I you know stayed late and I, I went to the restroom and then as I was coming back one of my colleagues who is also a product manager was at my desk going through all of my papers to try to go through to figure out what projects I was working on and to get a leg up on me because if we're in the same role, if our boss ever left, then we'd be competing for the same thing. And I thought you know and to that day I was like what a Rhymy person to be going through that and it always helps me as we're going through these things like what is be authentic well what is the reverse of being authentic the reverse of being authentic is exactly what happened to me someone rummaging through my desk looking for extra knowledge that I have that they could either use for their game or use against me um so anyway it's it happens rarely, but there are some people that are out there just for themselves.
0: Yeah, absolutely. There's no doubt about that. And that's unfortunate, but that's the world in which we live. But that's why we have these constructs, and and that's why we're doing this series, because there is a better way.
1: If you're in a meeting or if you're with someone that you don't think is being authentic, have you ever had that scenario where you had to kind of encourage them to be authentic and...
0: It's a funny space to be in if you're a consultant, because typically at a client you don't often go beyond this uh, sort of fuzzy boundary that says, uh, "All right, uh, I don't think you're being fully authentic." Now, there are other ways of pulling it out of them, and uh, and I think that the skill is, you know, the skills can be practiced to to be able to to build the rapport, to be able to say, "All right, but how do you really feel? Let me know." Right. And, and the conversation tends to go in the direction of where we want to be. We get the authenticity and it usually works out so that we're practicing full disclosure. It's a life skill that, that I think the good consultants will have.
1: I also think personality type goes into this quite a bit. As a facilitator and as a hyper extrovert, I don't like competing with other extroverts who are taking over group meetings. And many times it's the introverts candidly, people like you, Joe, who are processing it, trying to get all the ducks in a row. And yet the hyper extroverts are ready to wrap things up and and move on. And so what I've learned recently in my career, and especially as a adjunct professor, ask the person who's quiet. Many times the quietest person in the room is the smartest and they're thinking more analytically Instead of just throwing the spaghetti on the wall, seeing if something
0: sticks. I, I appreciate your saying that us quiet people are the smartest. We're not we're not necessarily the smartest, but we are doing a tremendous amount of processing. And you have no idea how important it is you know, to, to us to have a facilitator like you call us out and say, What are you thinking now? Right? And it really helps if it's later on in the meeting, when we've had a chance to really formulate our response. Because at that point, it's like, wow, this person is totally pulling out all the um, <laughs> the brilliance, all of the uh, solution that I've been working in my head. And and I'm able to, you know, I now have a forum and, and, and I don't have to try to interrupt somebody else early on. All the, uh, like you said, all of extroverts that are talking at the beginning, right?
1: And where, where I've really matured with this interaction principle in the last three years is I would get frustrated. And candidly, there's times as being frustrated with you, we'd, you know, we'd leave a meeting and you're like, hey, here's what I'm thinking. I'm like, we just had 10 people in the meeting. Like, you should have brought it up then, you know, but, <laughs> but then I'm realizing if people process differently, they're not being inauthentic. They just didn't have the time or the speed or I didn't facilitate the meeting well enough to either elicit their input or to slow down and kind of let it process. So because it should be a fair playing field, right? Everyone in the group should be able to participate and give their talents what they can give to the group. So anyway, yeah, there's a time where I thought people were being not being authentic because they're withholding information. It's just that. The RPMs ran at a different speed as, as the meetings were happening.
0: Us analyticals, only children, we we get thrown into a situation like um, dinner with my wife and and her sisters, and I say about as little as can possibly be said because I can't get a word in. I don't know yeah. how to how to how to interrupt others while they start talking, and they certainly do right. Right and, right, and I'm I'm always waiting for a five second pause, and I there is never a five second pause in that situation. So, <laughs> so, so the um, the authenticity is sometimes difficult to work in, and if your timing is such that you're you're used to waiting for that five second pause, sometimes it's a little harder to do that. Actually, through the years, Joe, I, I've enjoyed training this on this
1: with you, but I've also enjoyed your authenticity in our project meetings, and uh, you've really helped me grow in this topic. And it was, th- this was fun, so thanks for chatting through this with me today. It, it was way more fun than I thought. So I enjoyed it. I'm actually really looking forward to uh, next week's episode for, for uh, providing No Room for Grit. That'll be uh, our fourth episode and it'll be our third interaction principle. Um, and make sure you follow uh, Digineer on Facebook. LinkedIn and Instagram. This is Gus Roman
0: signing off. And I'm Joe Colomina. See you next time. Thanks for listening to Digineer Presents brought to you by Digineer. Please be sure to follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram and look for Digineer and all those social media platforms. We look forward to hearing from you.